and welcome back to I'm Sorry I Can't Don't Hate Me, the podcast where two Sex in the City newbies watch and review an episode of the show each week. I'm your host, Kristen, and I'm here with my co-host, Megan. And this week we watched season one, episode six, Secret Sex. If you're new to the podcast, this is just a quick reminder that we do a pretty in-depth recap, so there will be tons of spoilers. So if you want to watch the episode first, we advise you to go ahead and watch it and then come back. And you're going to want to listen to this podcast after you watch it because it's an interesting one. And so we'll get to that in just a minute. But first, we're going to check in with our highs and lows of the week. Megan, we'll start with you. How was your week? It was a week. I am here. I'm alive. Um, It was not the best of weeks, but my highs for the week were that I got a new phone and I also got my nails done yesterday. So had a little bit of a treat yourself moment. And then I think the other high would be I had a client that was in town uh, this week who's like my favorite client. She's super nice and we'd never met in person. So we went to dinner and got some wine and it was a really good time. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it was nice to like finally meet her in real life. Yeah, I feel like that's just like life when you've never met your coworkers. Uh, lows for the week. Oof, honestly, just the week was a low. Oh, no. Um, I was just really swamped at work um, just because of some things that were outside of my control and was feeling really burnt out by the end of the week. And also just, you know, dealing with some personal issues that uh, were diverting my attention quite a bit. So Mm. it was not my favorite um, week, but next week will be better. I hope so. And what character from the show are you channeling this week? This week, I think I said this last week also, but I think I'm probably a Miranda again. Um, I, like I mentioned, it was just like not a great week and I was extremely like cranky and just like honestly angry this week (laughs) which is kind of Miranda's MO although I will say in Miranda's uh defense this previous week's episode she was a lot less angry than we usually see her so that was kind of nice I think probably because fucking Skipper wasn't around that rube (laughs) (laughs) anyway Kristen how was your week what were your highs and lows and who were you channeling It was a pretty good week. I've just been doing a lot of different things and working and doing some personal projects. And I feel like I was really in control this week. I'm like making an effort to be more efficient and healthier. And I was doing a really good job at that. So I'm very proud of myself. Lows for the week. I went out Friday and Saturday night and today I'm just struggling a little bit. It was a good week. Mm -hmm. So that's not even anything I can really complain about. Um, But hangovers suck, especially in your thirties and stay hydrated kids. (laughs) Some Um, wise, wise words. Right. Christian. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, My character for the week, I think I'm going to go with Samantha because I'm kind of stealing your idea from previous weeks of she just seems like she's the most take charge get things done um in this episode I actually really liked Samantha in this one I think she was a good friend and she was taking care of business so hopefully Mm -hmm. I can be perceived in the same way 
All right. You love to see it. (laughs) Cool. So before we uh, get started on the recap, I will just let you guys know a little bit of the information about this episode ahead of that. Yeah. Um, So this episode aired on July 12th, 1998. This specific one was written by Darren Starr. To our loyal listeners, some of you may already know, Darren Starr is not my favorite. Uh, And this episode was directed by Michael Fields. So this was actually the first episode so far in the season that was directed by a male director and not a female director. Michael Fields, I mean, he's not done really a ton of stuff. There's not a lot of things that are interesting about him, but it seems like he just does like a lot of directing work on like episodes of a lot of different shows. So he's done episodes um, for Gossip Girl, Veronica Mars, Law and Order, Melrose Place, and a few others. This week, we had one guest star, uh, David Aaron Baker. He plays Miranda's love interest in this episode, who I believe is named Ted, and you'll hear more about in the recap. He's mostly been in like some not very good movies. One of them is Two Weeks Notice, a rom-com classic with Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. But he has been in a couple of like more critically acclaimed films like The Irishman and The Post, smaller roles, though, nothing major. Um, And mostly he just does a lot of guest appearances on a lot of different TV shows. When I looked at his IMDb, it was just like a million episodes of random shows, some of which I had heard of, most I had not. So yeah, that's kind of uh, the information we need going in. Uh, Kristen, do you want to get started on the recap? Yeah, I did want to add one more guest star fact that I had to search for. The actress that plays Libby Bialik, which we'll get into, her name is Heather Barclay. Um, Mm -hmm. This is her one and only acting credit. She had said that she quit acting after this role because she felt that she was forced to go topless um, and she was compromising herself. Even though she was a New York party girl, she still felt... I assume she felt kind of dirty afterwards. So no, no more information about that. Topless. She's, I guess there's like some like sex scenes where she's not wearing a shirt. And I Mm -hmm. guess they didn't like do one of the tricks that they do for big time stars where it's like, you can wear something or we'll we'll Photoshop it. They were just Mm -hmm. like, you're a minor character, honey. Yeah. You don't make the rules here. Interesting. That is really interesting. Alrighty. Let's jump in with the recap then. Okay. So this is again, season one, episode six, it's called secret sex. I don't think that that is a reference to anything. So we open with Carrie doing a photo shoot and she's doing the voiceover explaining that this is the photo shoot for her column that we see at the beginning of every episode on the side of the bus that says Carrie Bradshaw knows good sex. It's a very candid, it's kind of a different, it's shot differently than anything else we've seen in the show. I was curious if that was actually footage from Sarah Jessica Parker doing the photo shoot for that. She seemed more giddy than we ever actually see Carrie. The, in her voiceover, she's saying like, it, you know, it was fine and they let me keep the dress, which was the highlight. So then we cut to Friday night at Carrie's apartment. And we learn from Carrie's voiceover, in lieu of any actual social life of their own, Charlotte, Miranda, and Samantha are living vicariously through Carrie by being at her apartment the night of her first date with Mr. Big. So they're there drinking champagne 
and getting excited for her to go on her real date with Mr. Big. So Carrie comes out and she's wearing the dress from the photo shoot, which Charlotte immediately calls it the naked dress because it is a very thin, like nude color slip dress. And to me, it really just looked like, like it didn't even look expensive. It really just looked like a nude color slip. She looked fantastic in it. Sarah Jessica Parker has a great body, but not the dress for me. Anyway, um, Charlotte is kind of horrified because she sees the dress and is like, that means you're going to have sex with him and you can't have sex with somebody until the fifth date. And they sort of get into a discussion about if you should have sex on the first date and pros and cons. And Charlotte is basically like anyone that you want to have a relationship with, you can't have sex right away because then it becomes a sex relationship. Um, And Samantha makes a good point that a guy could break up with you just as easily after the first date as the 10th. And Miranda makes a rude comment to Samantha because that's their dynamic saying that she's never been on a 10th date. So they basically go back and forth and then the buzzer rings and Carrie puts on her fur coat and leaves them to drink their champagne and eat a plate of the largest cookies I've ever seen. Charlotte is holding a plate with these two giant cookies on it. So then we don't get a man on the street in this episode again. I think we are done with that. But when Carrie's leaving her apartment, she does look up at the camera and address us directly and say that the truth is she's dying to sleep with Mr. Big, but she thinks that she should wait because that's maturity. Of course, she gets on the street and she sees Mr. Big outside his chauffeured car and he says, interesting dress. And she's like, what does that mean? And he just says, interesting dress. And then they get in the car and he says, just so you know, I can control myself. And she says, me too. And then they start making out and it cuts to them on the floor of his apartment post-coital. And she's doing like a, we could kind of hear inside Carrie's head and she's like, okay, I'm not going to be the first one to speak. This is like, clearly it's a little awkward. And I think it was a very well acted scene because watching this episode every time I was like, it is very awkward. (laughs) She of course is the first person to speak. And she's like, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel like Chinese food. So they go to kind of a, like, I think Carrie describes it as greasy Chinese food place called Feng Hua. And when they're sitting down, Carrie sees her friend Mike Singer over at the table with a woman. So Carrie goes over and says hello. And Mike is kind of being like, oh, I'm surprised to see you here. And he doesn't really want to introduce Carrie to the woman he's with. So Carrie says hi to her and she says, hi, I'm Libby. And then Mike's like, okay, call you later. Bye. So Carrie takes the hint and goes back and eats with Big. Meanwhile, we see Miranda at uh, like a Taibo class kicking a kickboxing bag. And there's, I guess it's her gym partner, um, a guy holding it for her. And she accidentally kicks him in the side of the head and he falls down and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And so clearly he's not too upset. They're walking home, I guess, from the class together and like joking about it. He says, you could make it up to me by buying me dinner. And Miranda gives him a little kiss on the forehead and it's like kiss to make it better. They kind of have their a little flirt. Um, we do learn that he is Ted Baker. He's 32. He works as a doctor. 
He has an apartment overlooking the Natural History Museum. And we do get that he's been in three previous relationships, but never married. So are we starting to get a little bit more personal besides just agent income on these men? We'll see. Um, (laughs) We see then Carrie and Miranda are like on a walk together probably the next day. And Miranda's saying that Ted called her already left a message by the time she got home and asked her out and Carrie's like oh that's great and of course Miranda's like no it's too quick but she's gonna go out with him and Carrie kind of tells Miranda that she saw their friend Mike then we cut to Carrie met up with Mike at sponsored by (laughs) Bed Bath and Beyond and they're buying sheets and Carrie's obviously asked Mike about Libby and what's going on there. And we learn that Mike was fresh from a breakup and was grocery shopping. And there was a woman at the cheese counter offering him many delicious cheeses. And I think we're supposed to, he literally says she's not beautiful. I, she's not the person I see myself with, but I guess it's that he thinks he's too good for her and he feels like she's easy to be around because there's no pressure. He doesn't feel like he has to impress her. And like, you know, they had great sex and he can really be himself around her, but he doesn't see himself being with her and he doesn't want her to meet any of his friends or anything like that. So that gets Carrie thinking if people are having great sex with people that they're embarrassed to be seen with. All right. So Then we cut to Carrie and Samantha at Carrie's apartment unveiling the new bus ad of Carrie in the naked dress. And Samantha is going on about all the guys that she has slept with that she probably should be embarrassed about, but she isn't. It was like a guy that lives with his mom. And then there was one guy that Carrie was like, that guy was in high school. So (laughs) it was implied she found out after the fact. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. It was implied that Samantha did not know that going in. (laughs) Sorry to interject. I feel like that is important because that is is the difference between intentional statutory rape and unintentional. I mean, hopefully he was 18. We also don't know if he was 18. (laughs) We're going to say he's 18, but you know, who knows? And so they unveil the bus ad. And I think Samantha's being very supportive and saying, oh, this is exciting. We should see it on the bus. Let's find out where it's going to pass and we'll get champagne and everybody will be there and you can bring Mr. Big. And Carrie's like, oh, I don't know. We had sex on the first date and I haven't heard from him. I think that was just a fling. So Samantha's like, okay, you know, forget about it. And then I think to try and cheer Carrie up, she says, uh, has Charlotte ever told you about the rabbi? And Carrie's like, huh? So then they, we are led to believe they run over and they're bothering Charlotte at work, which I think is pretty funny to ask her about the rabbi. And Charlotte is like wearing her little glasses. And she tells a story about how she went to see this Hasidic folk artist named Shmuel. And they kind of had a fling, but she never told anybody because they could never be a couple. I mean, he's a very religious person and she is a very vain person. So it would never work between them. But apparently they both had good sex and they loved art. So that was a fun little fling that she never told anybody about. She asks Carrie not to write about it in her article, but it is unclear on whether Carrie abides by that promise or not. And it kind of feels like maybe she doesn't. Yeah. So Carrie's writing on her bed, hopefully not about Charlotte. And she's wondering if if these relationships with people that no one else meets are actually more intimate because you can be your true self or if that's just an excuse I think that people would give. Uh, So the phone rings, she answers it. She's like, who's this? And it's Mr. Big. He is calling to take her out on a real date. I think this is their like 
fifth time trying to go on a real date. So then we cut to what I assume is the date. Uh, Her and Big are walking down the street arm in arm, or I guess he has his arm around her because she's a lot shorter than him. And she's telling him about her bus. It's the M2 that goes right down Fifth Avenue that her ad is going to be on. Mr. Big says, oh, that's a good line, which how would you ever know about the bus? But I guess he's just humoring her. So they're walking and this guy just appears like hand out and he's like hey how are you to Mr. Big and they shake hands and Mr. Big's like doing great and the guy's like oh this is my wife Phyllis and so he says hello they shake hands the guy kind of looks over at Carrie and Mr. Big gives like a you know don't worry about her so the guy walks away and Carrie's like huh that's weird she's asked him who that was and he's like just an old skiing buddy so then they go to dinner and they go back to Feng Hua, the Chinese place and Carrie's like okay looking around and she sees most of the couples look normal but there were only couples there there was one like young woman with a much older guy in the corner and Carrie sort of like is this like a place that you take your secret date so I guess the next day she calls her friend Mike and Mike is microwaving a slice of pizza which he had said earlier that him and his ex-girlfriend were both foodies and loved to cook and that's when he fell for the cheese lady because shopping was like an important thing to him but clearly not that much of a foodie because he had ramen noodles on top of that microwave and he was microwaving pizza. Um, So, but anyway, Carrie's asking him about the Chinese place and he's like, yeah, it's a good place to go because you're probably not going to run into anyone that you know. And, you know, it's quiet and dark. (laughs) And Carrie's like, hmm, that's a place you would take someone who you didn't want people to see you with. Then we get a, I don't know if you picked up on this, a crazy Zoom wipe. The screen wipes to the side and goes whoosh and we whoosh over I did not notice once you see it you can't unsee it (laughs) so we whoosh over to see Miranda in bed with this guy Ted Baker obviously they had gone out it went well she stayed the night he is rushing out because he has an early 6 a.m flight he's got to go to DC for the day but he's like you know, take your time. It's early. Uh, maybe I'll see you tonight. We can do something, you know, when I'm back in town. She's like, sounds good. She waits for him to leave, immediately gets out of the bed and then starts rummaging through his stuff. Carrie explains in voiceover that she's looking for pictures of exes. She's like rubbing her face on one of his sweaters in the closet and then going through his stuff. And Carrie's like, Miranda was not prepared what she found. And she finds like a VHS case of a porn movie called Spanking and presumably takes it because she shows it to Carrie and they're watching it. Oh, I assumed that she just had Carrie come over to Ted's. Oh, I hope so. I mean, that's That's what I think it was. It's terrible, but I think that's what happened. Okay. That makes a bit more sense because I was like, why would she take it? Um, I think she just had Carrie come over to his house. It's 6 a.m. Get out of bed and come watch this guy's porn. So Miranda's like, well, I can't be with him if he's into this. Carrie is pretty chill about it. She's like, you never know until you spank him or something like that. And Miranda just kind of has her doubts. But then we cut to the bus party. Charlotte and Samantha are there with Carrie and they're wearing their little like party hats. And Samantha is yet again pouring tons of champagne for everyone. And they're waiting at a bus stop waiting for Carrie's bus to come by. Charlotte asks if Mr. Big is coming and Carrie says no. And then Charlotte's like, oh yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. 
but you know, that's probably because you slept with him on the first date and it's kind of a rude comment to make at that time. But then Mike shows up just as the first bus comes by with not Carrie's ad, but our sponsor for the episode, Bed Bath and Beyond. I love that you noticed that. I did not notice that at all. I I feel like you noticed the details. You notice the details more than I do. I think as I work in advertising, I'm like brand blind a lot of the time. I thought it was really funny that there was two shout outs to Bed Bath & Beyond. They must have given the money for this episode. Yeah. So then Mike shows up and he says, yeah, you know, I invited Libby, but she actually broke up with me. She said she found someone that doesn't have intimacy issues like I do. So then he's kind of like... Womp womp. But then Carrie's bus pulls up and they're so excited. And there's Carrie. It's the same bus ad you see in the intro of her laying in the naked dress down looking up. But this time there is a white spray paint penis right in front of Carrie's face. And Carrie is horrified. And they're like, no, it's okay, Carrie. But it's pretty funny. (laughs) I think Um, to me, that was the funniest part of this whole episode. Yeah. Uh, That scene ends and we get a scene of Miranda and Ted walking down the same street. I guess that was the street they had for that shoot. They just finished dinner and they're like, oh, that was great. And Ted says something to the effect of like, I just needed a good kick in the head, referencing how they met. And Miranda says, oh, really? I thought you just needed a good spanking. And then she just stares at him. And he's like, what? She was saying it in like a flirty way. Like she had had accepted his spanking banking quote unquote kink and was saying it in a flirty way. But also he was like, what? Like he wasn't immediately like, who, who, who? He just kind of looked at her confused and she didn't say anything else. She just like kept looking at him, like trying no, to be she... like, I know, but. Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt again. Mm-hmm. She, he asks her, excuse me. And she says, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She, lit- she literally says, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so it does not go over well. And we hear that he goes to her after that. Then we see that Carrie, she was obviously out drinking champagne after the bus party. She's pretty drunk and she's going to Mr. Big's apartment. It must be late because I'm pretty sure he was like asleep. His hair is messed up. She knocks on the door and kind of just pushes her way in and starts pouring herself a drink. And she tells him, I don't want to be with somebody who's ashamed to be with me. And then he makes some points, but it's just Mr. Big that I don't like. He he basically gets her to apologize to him for being crazy. See, I mean, she's drunk and accusing him of hiding her. And she pulls up all the evidence of you didn't introduce, introduce me to your friend. You take me to the same secret restaurant. You won't meet my friends and you won't come to my bus party. So he kind of explains like that guy was a skiing partner. I didn't know his name and it was awkward. So I didn't want to introduce you. The Fungwa's is his favorite restaurant. They have good Chinese food. So that's why he wanted to go there. And then he had courtside tickets to the Knicks that night. So he couldn't go to her bus party. She's like, oh, so that means that what we have is real. And he's like, yep. And then they make out. And that is the end of the episode. Yeah. Mr. Biggs kind of responses in my mind were very gaslighty. I actually don't think Carrie was being crazy. I think all of those things are valid concerns. I Um, agree. I think that it's a little crazy that you went on like crazy. She went to his house, but no, well, that she says multiple times, like you don't want to meet my friends and they've really only been on like 
one and a half dates. Like it's not that weird that if you had the amount of time that you've spent with this person, if they were like, come to a party with all my friends, that they would be like, uh, maybe I, you like to make an excuse and not come like that to me is not a red flag. Why he didn't just say, oh, sorry, I have courtside Knicks tickets instead of just, I can't make it. That's just Mr. Big. I don't really agree with that though, because I know this is like their second official date, but like they've been running into each other this entire season so far for months. So I feel like they still know each other pretty well. And he's obviously extremely rich. He could get courtside Knicks tickets whenever he wants. So it's like, this to me is already right. showing like he does not value their relationship. As Don't much as make Harry me does. defend Mr. Big. No, Mr. Big was in the wrong for this. He was gaslighting <laughs> oh, he her. No, I mean, that's the thing that I was trying not to lead too much in, in the recap that every sentence that he says, like at the beginning, Getting when he sees her dress, he says, interesting dress. And then she's like, why? And then he says it again. And then they get in the car and he says, like, he only talks down to her. He doesn't even say you look nice or how are you? No. He just immediately looks at her and is like, I can control myself. They have yeah. sex and she's clearly uncomfortable. And she says, like, how was it for you? And he was, he says like, I, it was great, but what do I know? Yeah, exactly. So I don't think Carrie was being crazy. I think even though they've only been on two official dates, they like clearly already have some history. So I don't think it's that unreasonable. Plus he's already met Samantha. That's true. She she hit on him. I was just kind of like, all right, Mr. Big, no one needs your gaslighting. All right. So I have some like overall thoughts about the episode. Um, Go for it. First time I watched it, I hated it. I was just like, this is shitty. It's shallow. I don't like anything about it. But in my prep, you know, I watched it a couple of more times and I still don't love this episode, but I did change my tune a little bit because (laughs) some of the things that were being brought up, I realized were for me personally. And I think a lot of people that are like in the dating world still were kind of true and relatable, even if they were ugly. Um, so that was kind of like, oh, I had like a self-reflection moment where I was like, "Mm, yeah, I've been in these situations before. Yeah. So I still don't think it was like a very good episode, but I think it did actually have some validity. When Carrie and Mr. Big get in the back of the car and I mean, tell me if you felt differently. I didn't find that sexy at all. He told her she had an interesting dress and then like said, I can control myself. To me as a woman, it would be way sexier if he was like, oh my God, you look so hot. Like get in this car before other people see you in this dress or something like just like something more passionate. Instead, it was just like, yeah, he just is rude to her. And yeah, the way that they're writing him, in my opinion, I think they're trying to write him to be this like mysterious enigma that like Carrie's really interested in and trying to figure out. So he's never going to give her a straight answer. He's never going to give her a direct compliment. She's always going to be working towards trying to like win his approval. And that's like why they're writing him that way. Because I think in a lot of people's lives, there is a person like that, right? That they right. like have these like really strong feelings for. And, you know, there's always just going to be mixed signals and there's like a power dynamic between them right where in this case clearly Mr. Big has the upper hand because Carrie is clearly more interested in him than he is in her at this point so I think that's why they're writing him like this they're trying to make him like mysterious and interesting are we supposed to hate Uh, him I don't know if we're supposed to hate him I don't 
always hate him. I don't like him, but I don't like hate him. I think you're supposed to be intrigued by him, I think is what they're going for. Again, this was the 90s. So conversations around like gaslighting and breadcrumbing and, you know, just being a terrible kind of like, yeah, all the like kind of things about all of the issues with dating. There wasn't really any vocabulary for that at the time. So, you know, it's like the standards were different, right? Because like, we didn't have like that kind of self-reflective knowledge. And like, we didn't have words that like can describe the way someone's treating you appropriately. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. And you're right. I'm, I think I'm being almost too harsh on it, but I I just cannot believe like how many red flags Mr. Big throws out. Like, no, I know. He's like, I can't really believe not that, that interested would... in her. Right. It's crazy. It's so realistic almost. Like I there know. is, I've never dated somebody like that, but like I've had friends who've dated people like that. So I think maybe for me, it's like to watch it happen <laughs> in yeah. the show is like, this can't be real. It's too realistic. I know. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like everything else in this show is super exaggerated, Right, but this dynamic between Carrie and big, I feel like is really actually very realistic and relatable. I have been in this situation before I've had friends that have been in this situation before. Like it's very, very real, unfortunately. Um, luckily I think, you know, me and my friends are old enough now where when we see this kind of behavior, we're just like, No, absolutely not. But it's so easy to like fall into that if you are like not aware, (laughs) if that makes sense. Right. Another kind of overall thing. So I've talked about this in previous episodes, but you can just 100% tell when it's a Darren Star episode versus a Michael Patrick King episode. Their writing styles are so different. Like Darren Star. I feel like his episodes tend to be a little bit more serious and there's like more angst and anxiety around like the uncertainty and like troubles of dating. And it's not as like humor focused and like, I don't think slapstick is the right word, but like, I feel like Michael Patrick King writes for laughs and Darren Starr is like, no, I'm trying to like actually make a point. It's grittier. Um, it's on varying levels of success, but I think even in the varying style levels of, it- of success, but like I said before, after I watched it a couple of times, I was like, actually, I think he did a good job of the, on this one because like, it is just some of the ugly realities of like dating and trying to find a partner. And yeah. So Michael Patrick King overall is just like, you always know it's going to be one of his episodes because like, it's going to have a kind of punny name and like Darren Starr's episodes are like literally just like secret sex. And like the next episode is called the monogamous, right? Like (laughs) there's no like cleverness to it. It's very direct and straightforward. Michael Patrick King tries to be a little bit more funny and like goofy. So like the dating issues he kind of touches on are usually they're lighter issues. No, I mean, I definitely think there's a difference between their writing style and I do enjoy the Michael Patrick King ones better because they are lighter and funnier and that's kind of what I want out of the show. The mm-hmm. ones where they try and be more hard hitting uh, just make me mad. The devil is in the details and their details are all always problematic to me anyway. Mm-hmm. That's true. But again, it's also 1998, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The details that are problematic now are well, not necessarily as problematic. Was... So here's a question for you. 
The mm-hmm. uh, secret girlfriend Libby, they made her look more mousy. She was wearing like a like a banana clip in her hair and like mm-hmm. shirts with buttons. But did you think I mean she was still a really attractive woman? <laughs> I thought she was very plain. But <laughs> we only really see her in Mike's flashback. So do you think that it was supposed to be like, oh, well, Mike is the one downplaying her or is she actually that way? Because I have that scene where Mike's like, I work in marketing sales now, but I hope to have my own shop. And she's mm-hmm. like, me too, but a cheese shop. Ha, 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 ha. It's like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. She has a career that she cares about and she would like to have a cheese shop. Like, I don't think any show. of his concern is about her doing like working in cheese. Like he clearly likes food and stuff. His concern is that he does not think that she is attractive enough for him. And I think that act like she's not like ugly or anything. She's she's very average looking like she's not a very normal looking person. And, you know, I think in his mind, he's like, well, I deserve someone that's like exceptionally beautiful because I have so much to offer. We you saw know? his kitchen. He does not. Yeah. Who are you to say what you have to offer? Right. Especially like you're a white man. We don't want to hear about what you have to offer. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was just me like overanalyzing the episode, but did you notice his kitchen when he was microwaving the pizza? No. It's like really dirty. There's like three types of cereal on the counter. There's ramen <laughs> noodles. He's microwaving like old pizza, not even New York pizza, like Pizza Hut pizza. Oh, and no. he's like wearing his boxer short. And I don't know if that was just like the set dressing, like just did it like that, like single guy. Yeah. But right, I right, feel right. like when he's describing meeting Libby, it's that like him and his ex both like to cook and like he liked Libby because she was like having him try all these different cheeses. Right. So I don't know if that was like an Easter egg of like this guy clearly thinks a lot of himself and that's not him. Like he obviously thinks he's a foodie, uh, but like yeah. foodies aren't eating that kind of junk food. No foodie's going to eat dollar ramen noodles. You know, you might be onto something there. I feel like you always notice the details and I'm <laughs> very much more like big picture. Like, no, what does you, this mean? You notice but more of the like the uh, subtext, I the, feel like. Yeah. Like what this overall story means to relate it to everyday life and dating. <laughs> so we were a good team. We are a good we team. We should do a podcast. I, we should do a podcast. Um, no, I didn't notice that, but you know, you might be onto something. I could also read that as he's still like weirdly into his ex that was really into food. So he's just like living mm. slovenly because she's not around anymore. Um, I don't think he cared about her job so much. I think he actually liked that about her, but I think he, you know, he says all of these things, like we just have different interests and like, we've got different friend groups, et cetera, which there's nothing wrong with that. He's saying those just so he can be like, the real reason isn't because I'm shallow. The real reason is because we're not compatible. But like, he also says she's the only person he's ever been able to feel himself around. And he clearly actually has deep feelings for her and likes her. He just does not want to be associated with someone that he thinks is less attractive than him. I mean, I'm glad she found someone else because she deserves better i know i know i totally agree issues he seemed really bummed too when she broke up with him and i was like that's what you get for being a shithead yeah i know mike (laughs) i actually wanted him to like they it was just kind of a quick scene but i wanted him to really be like oh i wanted to feel his pain (laughs) like look at what you did you didn't appreciate her because you didn't think she was hot enough and now she's gone and you're alone and you're gonna die alone (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. Well, that leads me to another question. Okay. So like, do you feel like you have ever been in that situation where you've like dated someone that like you're a little bit ashamed of for, you know, whatever reason looks or anything else that like, you're just like, I don't, I don't (laughs) want people to know that I'm dating them. I mean, no, (laughs) no more than you've met my husband. I mean, he has one coat that he really likes and it's threadbare now. (laughs) <laughs> I did tell him the other day, you can wear that coat, just not around me or my friend. Well, that's fair. No, but no, I mean, I don't have an extensive dating uh, history. I've only really dated Mitch. What about you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's why I had to like revise my original stance because I was realizing like I'm being a fucking huge hypocrite. I've for sure been in these situations before. It's like, it's not always about looks. Sometimes, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, it is actually, there was someone I dated a few months that like, before we ended up dating officially, like we had, you know, been seeing each other and hanging out for like a couple of months. And I for sure was just like, I am cooler and I'm more attractive than this person, but like we Mm -hmm. get along so great. And it took me a long time before I eventually was like, okay, I don't care about that stuff, but I was very concerned with what people think. And there's been you know, other instances, like, I mean, I won't name all of them because we could be here for a while, but <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> not a while, not like there's a ton, but it's like, I I'm have stupid. so much information about each. There's also been times where, you know, I don't want people to know that I'm dating someone, not necessarily because of physical appearances or like coolness, but like how me dating that person is going to like look to other people because it's not necessarily a conventional situation, but I have done this and I'm sure I can't think of anyone that would have done this to me, but maybe, maybe someone out there was like, she has a great personality, but she's a real uggo who knows, but I definitely have. And I know a lot of my friends have also, or they've just like straight up not dated someone because they're like, you know, I love their personality, but I just don't find them attractive. Don't you think it would have been a much more obvious storyline to I guess they really wanted to do we'll get into Miranda's story in a minute um but instead of that to have something like a work party and not wanting to bring Skipper because Skipper is clearly her hookup like I think he's allowed to come around the gals because like they know him because they know his friend and she's those are like you know family to her so whatever they're not going to judge her yeah but I doubt she's bringing him out around like her work people or her business friends. I assume she has other friends. I did think that actually, I was like, that's really funny that they're talking about this because like Miranda clearly feels that way about Skipper. Right. Um, And I was like, that would have been like such low hanging fruit for them to like tie that in. But instead, I guess the storyline was like, she was, I don't know if she was embarrassed or she, I'm not sure what I don't really see how that. Yeah. It's really tie in cares about him watching spanking okay if we're gonna get into it she wasn't she's digging around a straight man's apartment she wasn't expecting to find looking for pictures of his ex-girlfriend right and this is pre like internet porn Uh uh-huh so she wasn't expecting to find porn she finds it because i mean why were you not expecting that if you met a man um (laughs) and then it's spanking porn which yeah, it's not even like that offensive. It could have been a. It could have been so much worse. B. I feel like spanking porn in particular. You don't know. It's not like he had like 
20 different videos she found one like that could have been a gag gift that somebody had given him like you don't know anything about this guy or this video and she immediately is just and also if you really like somebody and they just want to be spanked like that doesn't seem like that does not seem like that would really be a kink that you could accommodate on some level I I don't know maybe I have a spanking fetish because that sounds like fun to me I mean yeah it's like (laughs) I've never done it just to clarify (laughs) but like there's just so many other like kinks that he could be into especially what are we two episodes from the anal sex discussion like yeah we know you're not afraid to go there Make yeah. it be something. I mean, even if that was what it was, even if it was like spanking was so mild. Yeah. And she's just like totally turned off by that, which is absurd. And it's also like there's a difference between like what you watch and porn. like for some people, at least there's a difference between what you watch and porn and what like you actually want sexually. Right. Like with a partner. So it's like, I don't know why you're taking this so personally. And also, if he wants you to spank him, just do it. I feel like you've got a lot of rage, Miranda. It could be good for you. Yeah, she probably would like it. (laughs) First of all, if you're going looking for something, you're always going to fucking find it. Like, that's why you don't go through people's phones. That's why you don't, like, dig through people's shit. Because, like, it's going to upset you, like, when you find out stuff, right? And, like, whether it means anything or not, it usually doesn't. But, like, you seeing it out of context is going to upset you. Right. So This, like, the first date you're doing that, you don't know anything about him. Yeah. Maybe in five dates, he'd be like, oh, yeah, my my friend had a spanking party and gave everybody these dumb movies. I I don't know. know. But what's funny, so this touches on nostalgia a little bit in a couple of ways. One is that the reason she was snooping was because she was looking for photos of his Mm ex-girlfriends, which is honestly, in my opinion, totally normal. Like anytime I date someone, I'm like, all right, what's their Instagram? I'm like scrolling through. I'm going deep. And trying to find out who their exes are so I can then look at their exes. Right. I need information. That in itself was nostalgia, right? Because social media didn't exist back then. No one had pictures on their phone. You have to go deep in the underwear drawer now. Literally have to either physically snoop in someone's apartment or just be direct and be like, hey, let me see pictures of your ex-girlfriend. And no one wants to play those cards immediately. It makes you look crazy. But everyone does this. Everyone. Everyone. If someone says they don't look for their partner's exes on social media, they're fucking lying. Everyone does this. And it's normal. You just want to like see like, do they have a type? Like what's going on? Uh, and honestly, if we're being real, most of us just want to see that we're hotter than their ex. Yeah. But like, I mean, that their ex, so sorry, yeah. that their ex is not ugly because then it's like, Oh no, I'm dating someone that's like dated someone that's ugly. Does that mean they're ugly? <laughs> Does that mean I'm ugly? Well, no, in my mind, it's that never comes up. Uh, clearly, I'm like a narcissist or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh my God, if they dated someone ugly previously, that means I'm dating down. When you see your partner's exes, you want them to be attractive, but less attractive than you. That is yeah. the ideal situation. Right. Um, but no, anyway, so the whole physically snooping, I was like, wow, that is nostalgic because that's literally the only way you'd be able to do that. And then also obviously having porn on a VHS tape was hilarious because the internet was not what it is now back then. Porn was still on the internet in 1998, but it's not what it is now. (laughs) 
I don't think it was as easily accessible. And even if it was, I, I doubt Miranda would know how to check an internet browser history. I don't know. Maybe she's a lawyer. She'd have to get his AOL password and get on there. Here's another question for you. Okay. What do you think about sex on the first date? I mean, I thought about that one because that's just something I don't know about. Like for better or for worse, if Mitch died and I had to start dating, which I'd probably just get a bunch of cats instead, um, (laughs) I would probably say no, like that's not something for me. Also, I don't think there's like rules about it. That's what Samantha said. A guy could dump you after the 10th date as easily as he could after the first date. So if like a guy just wants to have sex with you. (laughs) that's a weird reason they're not going to suddenly be like oh she tricked me into a relationship right 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 and if you you know if the woman just wants to have sex with a guy like that's a thing they really portray that as like a bad terrible thing that you should be ashamed of because that's the way the show does it but it's also I mean like Miranda says it's like when she's talking to Carrie like well no you guys both got excited it's fine Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I am mostly of the same mind. I, you know, any of these arbitrary rules, it's like, who fucking cares? Let people do what they want to do. This is just like, no sex on the first date. It's just another way of policing women on how they should be acting, et cetera. I will say from personal experience, I have obviously done both because I've dated a lot of people. In terms of anything that has like evolved into a lasting relationship. I was thinking about this. None of the people I dated for more than like, you know, a month or two months, like none of them, I didn't have sex with any of them on the first date. Um, Interesting. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I think when I think back to me, it's like, if you, and I hate that this sounds like I'm being a Charlotte right now, but I'm really not. I just feel like if you like someone on the first date, you kind of want to see where it goes. Well, so that's, then, like, that's kind of what I, what I was going to say. And it just shows another reason why Mr. Big is terrible. I feel like if you met somebody and you really like them, you would probably want to date in more of like doing things. Like you actually want to learn about them and talk to them. So mm-hmm. that might not be less like, let's get drinks and then like go back to my place type mm-hmm. of date. And I think that like you'd be less likely to have sex with somebody that you thought was interesting and you liked them as somebody that you just thought was hot. And I think Mm -hmm. that's like the only thing Carrie knows about Mr. Big is that he's really rich and obnoxious and she finds him attractive. And that's why she's like overwhelmed to be around him and they're alone at last. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. she was actually interested in him, they probably would have just like gone and had a nice dinner. Right. It's also before I go on a first date, I know going in, like, am I having sex with this person tonight or not? Obviously assuming it being consensual or whatever, but like sometimes <laughs> I'm just going on first dates because I'm trying to get some dick. All right. I'm putting it out there. there. <laughs> um, if I, I do know that as the woman in the situation, more times you usually have the, con- than the decision-making not, power, you have the control over whether you're going to have sex with that person or not. And so Sometimes I'm literally like, I go in knowing that that is my intention. But like, if there's someone that seems promising and I'm interested in, then I'm more likely to kind of be like, okay, well, like, let's just see where this goes. Still shave my legs just in case. But like, but yeah, (laughs) I would say if I'm actually interested in someone, I usually don't have sex with them on the first date. It's not a hard and fast rule. Well, 
Can I just read from Amazon? Because you know the book that Charlotte's referring to, The Rules. Uh What's interesting, I just pulled it up on Amazon and the first review says, if you slip up and stop using them, you will soon see a difference in your partner. So ladies, get this book and memorize it. It's all about like, it really is the rules. Don't talk to the man first. No more than casual kissing on the first date. The goal, marriage in the shortest time possible to a man you love who loves you even more than you love him. Don't see him more than once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe I need to read the rules. Maybe I don't that's know. why. Maybe that's why I'm single. Strong. I do love no, that kidding. Charlotte definitely. I'm curious if she's going to bring it up again. I guess it didn't work out with her and the anal guy. Carrie has a very passive aggressive intro about instead of having any social life of their own, they have to live vicariously through me. So I guess nobody oh, has to on a Friday night. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see in future episodes if Brian pops back up, Yeah. but they're obviously not compatible. So no, Ay-ay-ay. Charlotte's a mess. I'm you know how I feel about her. I yeah. Won't, I won't go too deep. What on did that. you think of her and the, the story of her and the acidic uh, artist? I thought that was weird. And I also thought it was like borderline offensive. Yeah. It does say <laughs> something about Carrie says in her voiceover that Charlotte was drawn to his strangeness. And I was yeah. like, he didn't seem like a particularly eccentric artist. So are you saying strangeness because because he's Hasidic, his right. religion? Yeah. Not cool, Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. And their whole thing is all about the taboo of it. But I think the way that they described it was just like, like if you're Hasidic, you're really not supposed to be socializing with anyone outside of your community. Yeah. It would have been way funnier if instead of it being something like that, that Charlotte's story about the guy she slept with that didn't tell anyone was just like a guy. It was the guy that worked at Banana Republic. Like, you know, like a guy that just didn't make a lot of money. And she was like, oh, I'm so ashamed. I know that feels a little bit more on brand for Charlotte. Charlotte, a guy that had a tattoo. Right. Or like doesn't use like dessert forks or something. I don't know. I don't know if dessert right. forks are real. I'm just like making up shit, but um, Charlotte would know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So we talked through nostalgia besides the naked dress. Did you see any like fashion that really stuck out to you? Yeah. I really like the outfit that Carrie was wearing when she was on her second first date with Mr. Big when they were walking down the street. Was. She was wearing just like kind of more dress pants, but then like mm-hmm. a, a sweater and she had a thicker scarf wrapped around her neck and she was wearing like a blue, like a pale blue, like long coat. And it was just like, it was just a very casual, easy style, but it looked cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the right thing to wear just to go see a movie and to go to like, the, like for the date. I feel like Carrie's often overdressed. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the naked dress? Overall, I liked it. I mean, she looked great in it. She looked really good. Uh, similar to your kind of POV, it looks like a slip, right? I don't think it was like quite as like, uh, I think the gals were trying to imply that, well, Charlotte specifically was trying to imply that it was like a little bit, I don't know, how do I say this without being offensive? She was implying that it was like a dress for women with loose morals. I didn't think it was really like that revealing. Like, yes, you can see her nips through it, but who cares? You know, but I it guess in the 90s, that was uncomfortable. Like it was very short. She was not wearing a bra and it was backless. Yeah. 
I personally would and not have you're worn just that, like, but would you want to wear that sitting down in <laughs> that Chinese restaurant? Like your dress is going to mm. ride up a bit. Like she goes yeah. over to Mike wearing it and it is, she's obviously like, oh, a little uncomfortable. Too naked. Yeah. And, I mean, he does give her kind of a creepy compliment, but that's, <laughs> that's Carrie. That's the way the writing is for this, which. Yeah. I think it was a little bit overblown. I think for the nineties, it's something that would have been controversial, but I feel like now it's something you wouldn't really even notice that much because I feel like people are just much more liberated about their bodies and things now. I really didn't notice any fashion moments besides the dress though. And I feel like I only noticed it because it was like called out blatantly like three times. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we've touched on some of these things, but should we talk about the problematic issues that we have with this episode? I think we can probably gloss over some of these things. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, my, I don't know if this is the right spot even for it, but the last thing that I have to say about this show and the first six episodes in general is that I'm picking up on a trend that the show is written like a nerdy kid would write about the popular girl Carrie Mm -hmm. being the popular girl like Mm -hmm. in what world do all your friends come over to your house to drink champagne to see you off on a date like they're so interested in her life like she meets her friend Mike and Mike is like oh you look amazing right and Mm -hmm. just like everything is like oh Carrie's so perfect and then they just kind of hate on all the other women of you're not as good as Carrie even though they all have the same behaviors I mean even Mm -hmm. Charlotte acts the same pretty much she's just judgier about everything yeah I mean I I agree with you there for sure um some episodes Carrie's more likable than others I will say I after thinking about it I did feel she was a little bit more likable this episode than I initially thought just because the things she was like dealing with were relatable to like me (laughs) (laughs) and I think a lot of people that you know have dated a lot but but yeah that's the thing right we're all supposed to relate to Carrie that's that's the point of her as the main character but yeah all right so I think a lot of these problematic things are pretty obvious. The first is obviously the shallowness of Mike. Mm-hmm. He clearly actually really likes Libby, but is so shallow and is like, frankly, disrespectful to her in a backhanded way that it's like, ugh, you're a monster. I hate you. Um, okay. Miranda snooping through Ted's things and then judging him about his porn, obviously very problematic. It's an invasion of his privacy. And, and inviting her friend over to, to watch, watch it. the porn. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You can't invite a stranger to essentially another stranger's house. You guys have met twice, right? once in class, once on a date. Why are you bringing your friends over to his house? That's so rude. This was like, obviously before a ring and all of those like door cameras. Right. But that guy, if he's, if he's still single and having ladies stay over, he should invest <laughs> in one. That was just like crazy. And also we've beaten this one dead, but like <laughs> we spanked this one who yes we've spanked this one raw but who gives a <laughs> shit about the spanking porn like why does she care about that just fucking spank him you're mad you want to hit things he's also, giving he you permission he not even he didn't ask no, her he didn't get yeah he didn't that. Get permission. like right. you she went out searching yeah because obviously she likes him 
Yeah. And she found that. And then like, she's inventing all these stories and like, I know, I know showing it to friends and everything. Like leave this guy alone. But this, the other thing is just like, she comes to term with terms with it eventually. Right. Like that's the implication. Like when she brings it up flirtily, Marina, you're already fucking wrong for going through his shit. Like he trusted you in his home. He trusted you in his home. You you're already in the wrong. Don't fucking bring up the porn. What's wrong then with she you? Admits, I mean, obviously she's admitting that she went through his stuff and she washed yeah. his porn. And like, of course he doesn't want to see you again. That's insane. Yeah. That's it might have nothing to do with that. It was just like, oh, okay. Like she obviously went through all of my stuff and that was like in a closet drawer. That wasn't like under the bed or something. She no. is obviously digging. She was digging. Yeah. She was digging for it. I mean, and- yeah. She should have just like next time they were together, like tried just to spank don't him. ever bring it up again. No, just but she could have ever bring it. She up didn't again. have to bring it up. She could have just tried to spank him and be like, you know, you like the kick. Maybe I, I okay. And, I think when she brings it up, I think she does. You can't see her hand, but it seems like she lightly pats him on the bottom. Yeah, I think she does. We've touched on this a little bit as well. Charlotte's holier than thou views on sex are Mm -hmm. always a problem and have whatever views you want for yourself. You can't project those onto other people. And the fact that Carrie was upset that Mr. Big was not at the ad reveal party and she threw that in her face, like that it was because she slept with him on the first date. Like you're a bad friend. How dare you? Even if you feel that keep it inside And be supportive of your friend who's clearly like upset about what's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if we're going to get a relatable storyline from her. Cause so far I agree. I think she's the worst. Yeah. I think she's pretty terrible. All right. Um, Um, Final problematic. We don't have to talk about it again, but just Mr. Big, just in general, he's a problematic person. Gaslighting. Also the Samantha having sex with a high schooler joke, I feel like was a little bit it out of was. line, but we're going to assume he was 18. Maybe he was here's, 19. He was hoping he could have been a big dumbo. Got left back, you know, so <laughs> yeah. he was 19. It was fine. Okay. We've talked what? through some of this already, but I think just like what holds up from the show, you know, I I've kind of talked through this a bit. I feel like anyone that is dating has been in this situation where they either think they're too good for someone or someone thinks they're too good for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might not be as extreme as this situation, but I think that is relatable because people yeah. are very concerned about what others think of them. Also the struggle of four women when to have sex because like, well, yeah. first date, you'll be slutty. But if you wait too long, then you're a prude. Right. Yeah. I also truly think that like, if the person likes you enough, stuff like that's not going to actually matter. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when you're early on dating somebody, there's all these like little things that like, you're like nervous about that. You don't want to like fuck up because you see a lot of potential in the relationship and you're like, you know, you're just anxious about it. If they actually like you when you have sex with them is not really going to matter that much you know right that a relationship is a personal thing and not a game so Mm -hmm. you don't need to have rules exactly exactly and I think you know I was talking about like the anxiety of like dating 
which ties into like my other takeaway is just throughout this whole episode, Carrie is like clearly just so self-conscious and anxious about everything. She's anxious about the dress. She's anxious about feeling, you know, naked in an advertisement. She is worried that like she's messed things up with Mr. Big and she's just like an anxious mess this whole episode. And that I also felt was very, very relatable. And I was going to say credit where credit's due. I think Sarah Jessica Parker did a really good acting job in this episode. Like it was when she was trying to be awkward, like after sex, like it was cringy for this third time I watched, I skipped over that scene just Mm -hmm. because she's like, oh, I'm not going to talk first. And then she does. And like, when she's just wearing the dress at the Chinese restaurant, like she's very like uncomfortable. Like she's kind of regretting her decision, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, I do think that she really pulled it off this episode of conveying what she was supposed to be conveying. So yeah. And also just dating a jerk that like, you kind of feel like is out of your league is definitely relatable. (laughs) I think for me less so now, but when I was younger, like I said before, like me and my friends have all dated someone like, like this, right? That's really aloof and like seems interested sometimes and then is not mm-hmm. other times. And, you know, you just like don't know what to make of them. And I, I think that is an incredibly relatable experience as well. All right. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we're getting ready to close out. Kristen, so. who do you think was the hero of the week? Samantha. She was right there with the champagne. I think she was very supportive Mm -hmm. um, of both Carrie's first date and Carrie's ad. Like, I think that's something about the show that they're very interested for like dating stuff. But I feel Mm -hmm. like as far as professional and just like things that you would want your friends to support outside of a gossipy story, um, they lack. So I was proud of Samantha for being like, let's throw this bus party. And she was keeping it positive. It was, I think it was actually really cute. I thought she had some really good points at the beginning about relationship. Miranda says you can't have true romance without good sex. And Samantha's like, yeah, you can have great sex with someone you don't like or respect or even remember. That was very (laughs) And it was good. I love that. That was a good line. Um, No, I'm totally aligned. You've basically touched on all of my points as well. She was just overall being a really good friend to Carrie, scheduling the party, you know, being there for her when Mm -hmm. Carrie was nervous for her first date. You know, Carrie obviously was feeling self-conscious about the ad and all of that. And, uh, you know, Samantha was like, you look fabulous. You look great. She's really raising her up like a good friend should. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Samantha, you're doing great. You're the hero this week. Yeah. Um, who do you think the villain of the week is? Ooh. Charlotte probably just because just her whole thing with the rules and she's very judgy. And again, Mm -hmm. I don't know why she's friends with these women. No, I agree. I, for villain of the week, I said it was a three-way tie, (laughs) but then I edited it. I'm curious. All right. A two-way tie. So it's a two-way tie between Charlotte and Mike. Mr. Big is a close, I mean, Mr. Mr. Big Big is is a close follower. I was going to say Mike because he's really an atrocious person. Yeah. So, I mean, I think similar reasons why you thought Charlotte was the villain. She was being incredibly judgmental. I mentioned this before, but like throwing 
her advice back in Carrie's face when Carrie is like clearly upset was so rude. Yeah. I mean, just Charlotte. And then Mike, I mean, he was just obviously shallow. Like he clearly had feelings for Libby beyond just like, oh, it's easy to hang out with her because she's, you know, a dog or whatever. Right. He's like, oh, she's the first person I've ever been able to like fully be myself around, et cetera, et cetera. Like, right. And also uh, one of the examples he gives is that all her friends are in Derry. But she's never been given a chance to meet any of his friends. Like maybe they would get along. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, as I said, Mr. Big was a close second, which again, self-explanatory, just heavy gaslighting tendencies, can never give a real compliment, never says anything directly. His true meaning is always kind of hidden. And also a bad communicator. Like in one date with Carrie, he does not explain. They've been on two dinner dates. They went to the same, like you're led to believe this is not a classy establishment where they're going to the Chinese food. He doesn't explain that and be like, I'm so glad I could be myself with you and we can go to the restaurant I really like. He doesn't say that. He doesn't explain that he can't go to our party because he has Nick's tickets. He doesn't explain why he didn't introduce her to the friend. Just a terrible communicator. I mean, we believe that they spent the whole day together and none of that stuff just just didn't come up. Okay, Mr. Vic. No, no. And also like he could have introduced Carrie without being like, this is my friend X name. Like, oh yeah, the guy, the guy, like if he was just like, oh, this is Carrie, the guy probably would have just been like, hey, Carrie, I'm, you know, insert name. And then that would have solved Mr. Big's problem about not remembering his name. Right. (laughs) Okay. How about ratings? So this is the part in the show where we rate the episode on a scale of one to five for how good was the sex and how good was the city. The sex, we didn't really get any. We see like a little. I'm going to give it a two. Actually, Mm. no, I'm giving it a one because- This is deep now that I've just decided. Um, I I was really disappointed with the scene when Big and Carrie finally, after five episodes of buildup, they finally hook up. And the only thing he says to her is interesting dress and then I can control myself. There was nothing sexy about it at all. Even even if you believe this guy is like this powerful, mysterious man, like I just wanted it to be hotter than that. Plus after they have sex, She's like laying on his arm, like they're cuddling or whatever. And then he's like, ouch, my arm. Like, right. Come on, man. Be a little more. So no, he can't give her a single compliment. No, no. It's, so yeah, uh, that's, I'm giving it a one. Okay. Um, and city, I'm going to give it a three big and Carrie were walking around after their date. And then Miranda and Ted were on the same street but on two different scenes, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ted's apartment looked like a weird Airbnb. We got, we got a few in- interior like apartment scenes. It, w- it was fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. My ratings. So yeah, go for it. I, I agree. I gave sex a one too much talk about sex with partners that people are ashamed of. And there wasn't really like a lot of juicy scenes this time around anyway. City, I gave 3.5. So Carrie okay. and Miranda walking through Central Park was kind of cute. A dingy restaurant that has amazing food. Like that can Ooh. be anywhere, but like that feels Ooh, classically that New York. Good. I did miss that. You're right. Yeah. And then we also see some public transit finally. No one's taking the public transit, but we have acknowledged its existence. Yeah. 
And the graffiti dick on the ad was also very New York. Uh, so that one, you know, sparked a little joy with me because I thought it was really funny and something that would very realistically happen that immediately in good New York. Point. If Kara's yeah. supposed to be so New York that she, her and Big both know the M2 bus line, that it's a good line. Yeah. Every, when you go down to the subway, every subway ad has dicks painted on it there's never an open mouth that is no never (laughs) unobstructed like that's just a thing I mean I know it was her big bus party and everything but I think she was a bit she should have laughed if she really was a New Yorker you'd be like of course the dick I mean that would be hilarious it's obviously not personal right no no one knows you definitely isn't I thought that was funny so for that reason it gets a 3.5 nice All right. Well, that's all we have for you this week. I hope you all enjoyed another episode of I'm Sorry, I Can't, Don't Hate Me. I hope you learned something today about why secret sex is not very nice and that you all are being kind and respectful to your romantic and sexual partners. And they are being kind and respectful back to you in return because that is what we all deserve. Join us next week as we recap and review season one, episode seven, The Monogamists. We're excited to see what that's all about. See you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.